everyone, welcome back to our next episode of Define Beauty. Um, I'm Kimber Janes. I'm Dee Dee, and today we have Kelly Ray Borboletta with us. Hi guys! Yay! We always joke that Kelly's name is Kelly Ray Borboletta because that's her Instagram name. Don't people like think Borboletta is your last name or oh, something? Oh, all the time. They think that that's my full name. Really? Yeah. Kelly Ray Borboletta. So funny. Well, Kelly, you have been with Borboletta now for how many years? It's been almost four and a half, I think. Really? Yeah. And time flies. Flies. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to probably embarrass you a little bit, but Kelly, you are a phenomenal lash artist, educator, beautiful person. If you know Kelly, you've been starstruck by her. Um, it's true. She's also made you laugh, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, you're hilarious. Um, and I always feel so lucky to have you a part of Borboletta. Since, like, day one, it's been... Oh, gosh, I'll be totally vulnerable and honest. I've been, like, a little standoffish because I'm, like, she's so beautiful and, like, so talented and artistic and amazing. And how? How do I act around this person <laughs> you're intimidating but it's but really also good. the most awkward human ever <laughs> so it's fine it balances out intimidating until you do an awkward dance yeah <laughs> I, i've seen the kelly dance <laughs> i was actually just doing it yeah. um but thank you for being on the podcast today I'm excited to have you, especially with how long you've been in the industry. I think you're going to have some great advice and stories for us. An industry matriarch. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Kelly, how long have you been in just the beauty industry? Um, I've been in the beauty industry for 12 plus years now. Oh, Oh my gosh. Almost 13 because I'm about to be 33. So almost 13 years. Um, I started out as a hairdresser. That's what I've always wanted to do. Um, And lashes just kind of fell into my lap about a decade ago. And here we are. Yeah, and you're so good at them. I feel like you totally found your niche. I don't know. I never had you do my hair. (laughs) (laughs) So I still remember the very first day that I met you. It was at a Borbaletta tea party. You walked in, I was like, who's this tall, beautiful woman? Um, And then I remember us having a quick conversation. You were like, I love what you're doing. Like, I want to be a part of it. And I was shook. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, let me show you my business plan. Come be a part of it. (laughs) Come over to my condo. (laughs) Come over to my condo. (laughs) It was really amazing to meet you and you are such a hard worker you're a mom of four and then how many days a week are you lashing right now um right now i lash four days a week have a huge clientele and then you also train for borboletta yep how many trainings are you going out on um well i kind of had to cut back because as a lot of you know i'm a cheer mom and cheer competitions took over a lot of my life this year so I'm usually about one or two a month right now, so doing it all. Where did you go last? Um, I actually was in Salt Lake. Oh, really? Last, yeah. I never get Salt Lake trainings, and I got one, and it was so amazing. Home base. To be at the home base. Um, before that, was in Philly. Oh, fun. Yeah. One of my awesome. favorite places to eat. And yeah, 
It was so much fun. It's awesome. So you have been doing lashes now for how many years? Ten. Ten years? Yeah, ten. Oh, wow. I didn't realize, I, wow, I didn't realize it had been that long. That's really cool. So you've seen the lash industry evolve a lot. So what are some of the things that you've seen from, like, when you first started till now? I mean, obviously you've seen a lot, but, like, what's kind of one of the biggest shifts you've seen in the industry from from beginning to now? Oh, man, I feel like there's so many different things that have changed. I think just the idea that we can have quality product and we can have quality education and we can understand our craft and everything behind it through and through, I think has probably been one of the biggest changes in the industry because I remember learning lashes and I'm sure you can bear the same. They'd be like, you just put them on. Yeah. And that was it. Oh, that's exactly what it was. That's it. What's a map? Because we didn't have them. That was mind-blowing when those came out, by the way. mind-blowing. I'll never forget when Aaron Taylor, shout-out Aaron, um, (laughs) told me, hey, just, like, do the inner corners. And my mind (laughs) was blown. Like, inner corners? What? Like, we don't do those. Um, Nobody wants inner corner lashes. Nobody wants those. Um, So I think that has been a huge change, just just the idea that lashes aren't meant to just be stuck on there for convenience. Um, It really is something that we can customize to our clients and make them feel so beautiful and amazing and create an addiction, which is equally amazing. Um, So there's so many things. And I think our options too, I feel like our students and anyone joining the industry now like has no idea like what they have, like the fact that we have diameter options and length options. Like we had like two back in the day. So just the options. in a little bag. (laughs) Yeah, that was it. Like you just had, it was like, okay, well, do you want this one or this one? And that was it. And so just the options, I think. Did you ever use the pods? Yeah, I did. (laughs) Can we have a moment of silence for pods? A moment of silence. And the sponge that they, you had to like put them on. I remember... Can you explain to our listeners that don't know what pods are? Okay, if you're ever (laughs) online and you're like, oh my gosh, these look cute, they're different, don't do it. A pod? Yeah, the lashes come in. Do pods look cute? (laughs) These lashes come in a little pod, and they're just all shook up in a little thing, and you have to loose. Loose lashes. Lashes. All tangled up in a ball, (laughs) like a hairball. You like pick them up with your tweezer and shake them out onto the sponge. And then you'd take 10 minutes to try to get it like to pick it up off the sponge and get it going in the right direction. And then you're like, oh crap, I just grabbed the bottom (laughs) (laughs) of the lash. I think I actually did place some lashes with like the bottom part or no, I'm sorry, the top part of the lash onto the bottom of the natural lash. Like I did it backwards. Anyway, Anyway. it happens. (laughs) Moment of silence for those. (laughs) It was so bad. Yeah, so you've obviously seen a lot. I feel like one of the things that you're most known for, though, in your artistry are just, I guess, just, like, your artistry in general. You have such a signature look. Like, you are so detail-oriented in your sets. You can tell that when you take a client, you put a lot of thought into exactly the placement of the lash and I feel like you take a lot of pride in in all of your lash sets well thank you like I'm blushing over here I do I feel like the details are the things that keep my clients with me it's the little things and so I really really try to make sure that 
every part of it, they have no complaints and they enjoy it. And lashes, like if you've taken a class, we say it five million times, lashes are a luxury service. So we have to make sure that we give that to them um, in their experience as well as what they leave with on their eyes. So I do, I really, really, really pride myself on that and try to make sure that that's always my focus. And so for a lot of lash artists, especially your students, um, what are what are some advice and tips that you give to new lash artists or when you're teaching? Like, because they're new to the industry and they're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and they just want to get out there and they want to be the next Kelly Ray. So like, what do you tell your students in their journey of, of now like, hey, you're certified, like what's their next step? I think it's just some like something you have to work at. I think being a newbie in the hair industry and trying to build my clientele then and you'd sit all day and get one kid's haircut and like make no money. I think for a lot of people that are new, they don't see that part of it. And so I always love when you, Kimber, share your story because it's kind of the same for all of us. We all started out that way, making no money, having two clients in a week and just like, guess I'm eating ramen again, you know? Um, Guess I'm putting it on the credit card. Yeah, (laughs) guess I'm putting it on the credit card. But I remember when I was at a salon and I wasn't busy and I was building and really discouraged. And I will never forget we had this class and it was a huge moment for me in my career. And it was like, you can't control who comes in your chair. You can't. You cannot convince 100 people to come in your chair. If you have one client on your books, you can control the experience that that client has. Um, And again, is my mind blown all the time? Yes. Um, (laughs) But I remember that being huge because if you know me, some people call it intimidating. (laughs) I call it, I don't know what to say, so just a little quiet. But so like the idea of going and talking to strangers, because we didn't have social media back then. Um, The idea of going and talking to strangers and being like, hey, it's me. Like, let me (laughs) door to door do your hair. (laughs) Honestly, we did. But that is not my personality. And I'm terrible at that. And so um, any advice that I have for anybody is really focus on the three clients that you have or the five clients that you have and make sure that their experience is phenomenal every single time. Create good habits for those clients. Um, practice standing your ground with those clients and the clients will come. They, they do and it just takes time. But for me, that was mind blowing. I'll never forget that. And it totally shifted my career from then on. I think that's so inspiring because there are just a lot of times that you're like, oh, I just have one client. Like, I'm not making any money off of them. I'd rather, like, not be here. And so that energy passes on to your client. But if you approach it the way you're saying, it's like, I'm so lucky to have this client. This is a client that I'll have forever. I'm building my books. Like, that's so good for lash artists. Just get in there. You're not going to have a full clientele overnight. It, it takes people months and years to get a full clientele. Like, just be so happy for the clients that you have. I think that's awesome. So you obviously have a huge clientele. You have a waiting list. I've tried to get into you. I'm also a really, I'll preface this. I'm kind of everyone's nightmare client. Um, I am. But we love you. I'm not good on my, good to my lashes. So that's one part. I sleep on my face and pick at them sometimes. 
But <laughs> mumbles. <laughs> um, the other reason why I'm not a good client is because my schedule changes really quickly. And so I'll be on your books and I'll like confirm my appointment. And then 20 minutes before it, I'll be like, I'm so sorry. I have to go to a meeting. And I think I've been fired by a lot of people because I've tried to get back into some people and I haven't been able to. (laughs) So I did ask the question on my story. (laughs) Yeah, people are setting boundaries and I think that's good. I I respect it. I did put something on my story a couple days ago asking people if they had ever fired a client. And I got some really funny stories back in. But have you ever had to fire a client besides me? Kimber, I would never fire you. Um, you just will say, I'll get you an appointment in a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I can get you in next year. Um, 2020 is open. Um, yeah, I have. I, I mean, no one likes to do it, but I think that you have that one bad apple and they just ruin your whole entire day or your week. And so... Um, yeah, I've I've had to fire them. I'm kind of like I take the approach of like it's not you, it's me. Ooh, classic, um, classic move. Classic move. Um, I learned that from dating. Yeah. So. But yeah, like you know what? Like I can't sleep at night because I can't make you happy. I can't get your lashes full. I my schedule is just like not working for your timing, even though it's you and you're 45 minutes late every time. Um, It's not working for them. I think it's just kind of one of those things, like, we get frustrated, they get frustrated, and I educate my clients, and I tell them what I expect, and they have expectations of me. Um, But really, it just kind of comes down to, I can't make you happy, and I want to, and I want to make all my clients happy. but maybe you need somebody that is okay that you come with mascara all over your lashes. Um, I'm not. <laughs> so yeah, I've had to do that a few times. It's really not too bad. I feel like my I used to teach at a beauty school, and those horror stories are way worse than anything I ever had to like what do on my own. Us. Oh my gosh, beauty school clients! How we ever survive beauty school is a miracle, because you don't get paid. You're paying to be there. And then the clients want a $4 service, but like (laughs) $110 quality. Um, I had one one time and she had washed her hair with Tide because she didn't like the color. And so she, (sighs) yes. um, So she's like, I washed my hair with Tide because I read online that it was going to strip it out. Her hair was (laughs) trash. So people out there don't eat Tide Pods. Don't wash your hair with Tide. Like, don't use it. Only for washing your clothes. Um, PSA. Yeah. PSA. And anyway, so the student was, like, trying to take care of her very tender hair. And she didn't want the student to do it. She wanted me to do it. And she's literally, after, like, six hours, her hair didn't turn out, of course. And she's screaming in the middle of the salon. Oh, my word. Yeah. She went to a hair school. She went to it. They don't, they don't, they don't get it, okay? Anyways, she's screaming at me, screaming at the student. The student's crying. The lady's crying. Aww. I only cry at home, so I wasn't crying. Um, anyway, I <laughs> Did just Did you go said, home and cry? No, I didn't. <laughs> I just said, you know what? Like, I think that this is it. Like... 
you need to go to give your hair a break. Like, I'm so sorry that you read online that you washed your hair with Tide. Like, it damaged your hair. And at some point, you can only educate, you know, and tell them as much as you can because they want you to tell them something else. And I think learning that we're not miracle workers is a good lesson to learn. Like, I can't can't work miracles. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of one of the things when you get into this world where you're you're taking clients for a living, you start to realize that you want to attract the right people in your chair, meaning you you want to be really safe about that energy that comes to you, that's, that you're spending your time with. So it's one of those things where you have to set up boundaries and know, like, if you have a toxic client that you know you're never going to make happy, it's okay to let that person go like because you're not going to be any happier and there's somebody else that will take that spot of that client that will be more fulfilling and and your time is so it's so slim and it's your job it's your life it's your well-being like you should spend it with the people that you love the most and I think that's what I had to learn Mm -hmm. especially as a lash artist putting up those boundaries I wanted to take every client whether I knew I could make them happy or not I thought maybe the next appointment that would be it and what I realized is like it was a really freeing feeling when I actually did fire my first client I still remember to this day I won't say her name but she was nice (laughs) I know she was nice she would just come in and it was right when I was learning how to do volume lashes and so I was phasing out the 0.25s finally (laughs) And so she was used to having 0.25s, 15s across the eye. And I was learning all about, yeah, lash health and all that. And so I remember telling her, like, hey, um, I, and I told all my clients this, like, I've been learning a new technique. It's so much healthier for your lashes. They're going to last longer. All my clients were excited about it. Even if they weren't totally in love with what volume looked like then, um, they were like, you know what, if it's healthier for my lashes, like, I think we can make this work. But for some reason, this one client... Um, she was like, well, I'll try it, but if I don't like it, can we go back? And, and I was like, well, um, we can, but your lashes are really damaged. Like, I've damaged your lashes. And I just remember finishing her full set of volume lashes, which I actually was really proud of that set. And she got up and looked in the mirror, and the first thing she did was go, <laughs> and I was honestly so devastated and I I was like is everything okay and she goes they just don't look the same and I feel like the energy and the tension was so high like I started panicking like my heart was beating and I was like I can't have like I think I had an anxiety attack I could not have her as a client anymore and it was my boldest move I'd ever made I just looked at her and I said I think you need to find a lash artist that will do what you want then. Mm. <gasps> wow. I still couldn't believe I said that. I can't believe you said that. I know. And I never saw her again. Proud of past you. <laughs> yeah. Proud Hopefully she you. stopped doing the 0.25s. Maybe she didn't. And you know what? If that's what she wants and she loves that, good on her. But I don't think she'd have any lashes left, though. Well, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> Deeds, have you ever had to let someone go from your life? Like... You're not in a client base, but has there been, like, a spring cleaning you've done emotionally? I think so, but I I don't think I've ever said anything. I just kind of fade out. <laughs> <laughs> Which, obviously, you can't do with a lash client, but if I have, like, friends who aren't treating me right, I just stop putting any energy into that friendship. 
Yeah. Well, I think with clients, it's so hard because it's like we see so many of them and you hear every story, everything that's going on in their lives, the highs, the lows, like it's just a lot of energy to take in. And so you can have that one that, and I guarantee, like, you know, when a client is a bad client, you just know it. Like, you know, you're like, I know this is not going to go well. I know they're not going to be happy. You know, the minute that they sit down and start telling you about their previous experience or whatever. So I think it's just super important that we have to like breathe too much in that have to, you know, we have to. So a couple of funny responses that I got. Angelina Ballerina 33 is a boss and she said, just say you're fired. I'm like, okay. You're fired. <laughs> Dear Lash Love, this isn't working for me anymore with the peace emoji. That's very honest as well. Andy Joe 711 sent in a DM because her story was a little bit longer, and this is actually pretty funny. But um, she said, One time a client that I got up and ready for at 8 a.m. on a day I didn't normally lash told me she couldn't make it, so I told her she would need to pay the cancellation fee. Then suddenly she could make it. It was already 15 minutes past her start time. But it would be 30 minutes before she could make it. I told her, I'm sorry, but your lash appointment has been canceled after 15 minutes. She cussed me out and told me to find, and told me that she would find another lash artist. And then she apologized and begged to come back, but it was too late. Yikes. You know, I follow Lash Funnies, Lash.Funnies, uh-huh. and, you know, they share all those texts between clients, potential clients, and I was astounded at how rude people are to lash artists and i'm sure it happens in other industries as well but i literally could not believe and how often it happens that people are so rude and so it's like you're saying kim why make room in your schedule for these negative these bad apples these people who literally don't respect you as a human when there are a lot of also good clients out there oh there's amazing clients and if you can find those 30 40 or however many it is even if it's 15 like why not have those spots be with people that you love like I feel like all my clients are my friends they totally become your friends oh totally because you see them so often Mm -hmm. like every two weeks like you go through so many things with them and um you really can have a positive day yeah and when we did our interview with Danye and she talked about uh, her art exhibit where she braided people's hair and such an it's such an intimate experience with a stranger um like when you're a lash artist you're touching people's faces their lashes and they put a lot of trust in you so it's natural that it is a place where a powerful connection can form i love that um i just thought of a terrible story it's like a moment i'm not proud of i don't know if i want to share it we no, love you it have you have to <laughs> okay i have this client This was my, okay, I'm like nice about firing. This time I was not so nice, okay? Don't do what I do, okay? Do what I say, not what I do. Um, (laughs) Don't try this at home. Don't try this at home. Okay, I had this client and she wanted to come come to me and she was like, I have to get a babysitter. I'm like, great, fine, whatever. She came in and she was 20 minutes late. So I'm like, I'll still take you. Like, I'm pretty accommodating. Don't try this at home. Um, I'm pretty accommodating. I'm like, okay. Well, one eye was like way 
more sparse than the other eye and I had never done her lashes before. So I tried to even them out. Like I had a busy day, so I couldn't go over a ton, but she was so late. So I, yeah. you know, always explain, best. Hey, you're 20 minutes late. Like we can do what we can. I'm still going to charge you a full price. Like let's schedule your next appointment, you know, sooner so we can get you done. So she leaves, she pays, she leaves, whatever. I get a text like two hours later and she's like, I had to pay for another fill because you didn't get them full enough. And I had to pay another whatever to my babysitter. And I was like, okay. So she went on and on and on. Happens all the time, actually. All the time. And she's like, I want my money back. And I said, you know, like, you're 20 minutes late. Like, that's just, we talked about that in the beginning and you were okay with it. Like, why didn't you just call me if you felt like you weren't happy? Because I'm happy to accommodate. Like, if you're not happy guess what? I know how to fix it. Anyway, so the dramatics, whatever, whatever. She was going on all day about all the money she was out. And, you know, this is where I wasn't so proud. So I never refund. I never discount. But you know what? Like I had a lot going on that day. And I was like, you know, if you need that money, like take it. I would rather give you your money back than deal with you. Ooh. Right. But, but, <laughs> Here's the butt. I know, because I never do that. Like, it's a service. Like, That's a bold move. Okay. Are there not, like, so many beautiful fans on your eyelashes now? <laughs> I know. So I gave them back. I said, you know what? Here's your money back. But I have a lot of friends in this industry, and I'm going to tell every single one of them about this experience. So I told all my friends, no, like, you did not. don't take her as a client. <laughs> I know. She got blacklisted. So she got her money back, but she got blacklisted. Was it worth it? You know what? Yeah. Well, no, I mean to her. <laughs> to me? Yeah. Yeah. To her? I don't know. What if there was, I've heard about, um, in the journalism industry, I heard about this. All these female journalists had a shared Google Doc where they wrote down creepy guys in the industry. Oh. <laughs> what well, there was a shared Google Doc for like blacklisted clients. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> something it, to think about, ladies. We I feel like we've had that before. Like, hey, don't take this client because her checks bounce every time. Oh. So I mean, it is. It's nice to get a heads up. Um, yeah. I love when I get a new client and people are like, hey, I'm sending this person to you. I'm so sorry, but like at least I know, you know. Yeah. You can make sure you're extra clear with your boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. If there was a blacklist in the industry, Kim would be on it. <laughs> <laughs> In every state. Oh, <laughs> probably be too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so, can you tell us a little bit about when... Because your job as a trainer, obviously I know how unglamorous it can be, but I feel like a lot of people look at education and training, and you, of course, because you're just this tall, gorgeous model, and they just think like everything about your life and your job is so glamorous. Can you give us a little sneak peek and like maybe a not so glamorous training moment? A slice of real life. A slice of real life. I actually love this topic because, um, like Kimber said, I have four kids. I'm a single mom. I have lots of jobs. And someone told me the other day, they were like, You're like so put together. And you I was are. like, Me? <laughs> I'm like, I'm a disaster. But I think when, um, when we're teaching, like, you're not supposed to see all of the crazy things that it takes to get us there and all the work we have to put in and 
it, we make education look easy, but like that's our job. So it is not glamorous. Um, the flights are not always glamorous. I mean, we get to go see cool cities and don't get me wrong, we have a great time. Um, I have a few memorable um, trainings that didn't go well. <laughs> um, I, for some reason, like get stuck with the natural disasters. So literally, <laughs> I was in, seriously, I was in North Carolina and a tornado was like two miles away. And so we're like, I'm like, I don't know, like, do we, what do we do? So everyone, we wanted to go see it, you know? So oh we went gosh, outside and then we had to go back totally. in our room. And Instead of running for shelter. I know. It makes sense. Um, the hurricane in Houston, we were in Austin. Oh, we were the yeah. last flight out. We had to cancel class one day. Yeah. yeah, I do remember that. Um, you know, because safety first, obviously. So for some reason, I get those. Um, You're a force to be reckoned with. You know what? <laughs> I am. I'm like, why can't I just get, like, the Southern California weather or something, you know? <laughs> I guess most recently we were in Philly and hotels. Like, there's, you know, there's just different things you can't control. We literally, we were late to class because we stayed somewhere else and there was a marathon through the entire city. Oh, my god! The whole entire city. It took us so long to try to find how to get to the you hotel. You guys had to run in the marathon to get there? <laughs> we literally had to walk. Probably rolling a suitcase. We did. We had, like, five suitcases walking, like, five blocks to get to the hotel. We show up and we're like, hey! And we just, you know, you just keep going. Um, but the one I would say that's probably the most memorable disaster was in... Well, I'm not going to talk bad about the state, okay? Um, was it in a small state, and we went and we showed up, and there was a Halloween party going on. And <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I remember this. Yeah, so there's a Halloween party going on, it. and, like, we pride ourselves on being, like, so professional, and, like, we want everything to be so perfect, and, like, the setup is so important, and, like, just the vibes and the feel, and... We get there and it's so late and I should have known because the cab driver was like, uh, you're paying with a card. I was like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> he yelled at me about it. So we get there and literally there's this Halloween party going on and I'm talking to the manager and I'm like, okay, is like this all going to be gone? And he's like, yeah. And it was, you know, not an appropriate Halloween party. So I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> yeah, just like totally fine with like you know there's just like really you know really high up prominent people and their mistresses here I'm like oh my gosh like what? I'm teaching tomorrow like is this all gonna be cleared out like I cannot handle this so who are you teaching with? people and their mistresses that's right yeah, oh yeah so we are dying so we go and get set up like it's perfect okay great Day one, totally fine. Like, lunchtime was a little sketchy because people were still, like, <laughs> leaving. <up. laughs> you know, I'm like, dang it, we didn't time it correctly. So we get to day two, and I'm like, okay, like, we got this. We had everything set up. It looked so good. Like, the room was ready. We get down there, like, 20 minutes before class starts. Yeah. And we walk in the room, and there is water pouring through the ceiling no pouring through the ceiling and i'm like okay so we go and try to we find the people guess what someone from the halloween party overflowed their bathtub <laughs> so 
water pouring through the ceiling. And um, so I'm like, okay, no, you know what? Like we moved to a different room. We started late. I'm like, we got this. Like we just need to make them forget that this was how the morning started. And literally an hour before class gets over, the fire alarm goes off. Oh. And I run out and I'm like, please tell me this is not real. And he's like, it's real. Oh my God. The hotel was on fire? The wow. hotel was on fire. So I just, you know what, I will just go with it as long as I can go with it. And I was defeated in that moment. And I was like, okay, you know what, hour. goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Like, just go. Your certificates are in the suitcase. Yeah. Um, we Your made up for it. certificates have been ruined, water damage. Honestly. <laughs> Burnt up. I'm like, you know what, I give up. I'm done. Um, so we sent them home and we did send them gifts. Like, we will always make up for our, our disasters, but... Um, yeah, it's hard. I mean, travel's hard and being at the schedule's hard and getting to know so many different people and trying to meet their needs. And, um, it is, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's definitely more reward. We get so rewarded in what we do, but, um, there are, there are so many, so many stories of, um, Hotels, because you just can't. I mean, you can you can book a hotel, you can yeah. book a flight, but you can't control. I feel like there's what happens. Weird stuff. Weird. Something always happens when you travel, and always. so you're doing that like one or two times a month at least. Like, well, it's so funny because nothing even phases me anymore. Yeah. Um, we were on a flight and it was delayed, and we got to Baltimore at like four in the morning. It was dumping rain, and we literally they land. We land. And we had sat on the plane and everyone's like so irritated and we're just like, hey, like we're here, we made it. And we get off the plane and the door, like the, to get into the airport was locked. So <laughs> everyone's just standing, like waiting, like it's four in the morning, we're so pissed. And there's like nothing, people... Once the plane lands, people are, like, standing up, getting in line. Oh. Those people are, like, agitated always. Agitated. I've seen people get in fights getting off of airplanes. Yeah. Like, yeah. They just, like, can't get off soon enough. One time a guy elbowed another guy by accident. He was getting his bag over. And anyway, there was, like, a fight broke out. And I just sat in my corner seat and I just was, like waiting for it to go away it, it got intense people get weird on flights people, like you know that you know the pressure when you're checking out a grocery store they give you your change back you're trying to put it in your wallet like as fast as possible because you can feel the pressure of people <laughs> yeah. behind you yes. airports are just like that on steroids you have like security like getting your stuff back after security getting like your bag off of carry-on the carry-on shelf like, it's just like <laughs> you just feel like people are constantly behind you being like move 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 Okay, but I feel like we could do a whole different episode, so maybe this is an idea about airport etiquette. Yeah. Because, you know what? Amen. There's, you see it all in an airport, and I just want to help people sometimes. Like, you know what? You can't mosey through the middle of the airport. Like, do you think that they're uneducated, or do you think that they just don't care? Well, there's some that just don't care. There's some that um, have never flown before, and then there's airport snobs. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I fall into that category and I'm working on it. <laughs> I think something that's really interesting, too, is a lot of people in the industry see the life of a trainer and they see that, like, oh, you're going to all these cool cities and you're always traveling. And traveling is so much fun. Like, it is something that people love and aspire to do. But I think people don't hear and see, like, yeah, 
your flight's delayed till 4 a.m. and then you're stuck at the door. And so a lot of times people will reach out to me, just like DM and be like, Kim, it is my life goal to be an educator. Like, what do I need to do? And one of the first things, I don't know if I've actually said this, maybe I will start saying this, but one of the first things I should say is, have you traveled before? Yeah. <laughs> because then you know how, right? Like, do yeah. you get a lot of people oh, that reach out to you about that? Totally. They're like, do? this looks so fun. And you know what? It is. Like, I have stories with my friends that I will never, you know, I love, I love those stories and those experiences. But I think, have you traveled before? And also, how are you with stress? Like, sometimes you get to a hotel and they're like, sorry, we don't have a room for you. And we're like, we're teaching tomorrow or we just got here. And I think if you want to educate, like you have to be able to handle stress because then you get in a classroom and maybe you have a difficult student who just not getting it and just needs that extra attention. And so I think being able to um, multitask and kind of handle that stress and handle the travel and then you come home and it's midnight and you got to take clients all day or you have your kids the next day so um it is a go 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 lifestyle and it's so much fun um but yeah there's a lot to it but have you traveled before like are you ready for that what that entails I mean I'm not gonna be mad about my silver medallion status but (laughs) nobody ever is nobody ever is (laughs) that's like my crowning achievement of the year like when I get my delta status and I'm like oh just so happy I'm not gonna get it this year though because you know I just had a baby oh Scotty I know she's getting she's taking her mom out of the world of traveling status you guys are going to London today oh we are (laughs) that's not gonna be enough though to hit my status (laughs) she's already been to Miami and LA yeah still not enough still not enough yeah like I'm used to before like I would travel two maybe three times a month kind of like what you're doing right now Kelly and it's it's crazy and I remember people would be like, this looks like so much fun. Do you love it? And I always have to pause and be like, I actually do love traveling. Like, I love it. But I also love not sleeping. And not really. I'm being sarcastic. But, like, you don't sleep. You never get on a normal sleep schedule. It's hard to just, like, get into any type of regiment. And you're right. So many unforeseen things happen. Like, we went to Miami a couple weeks ago and our stroller didn't show up until the day that we left. Granted, we were only there for 48 <laughs> hours, but I'm like out there with my newborn. I'm like, I don't have a stroller. Like, mm-hmm. and it's just stuff like that. Like I'm, sh- I've heard of so many trainings at Borboleta where you show up to a training and you're like, our suitcase didn't make it. Like we don't have a training room. We, yeah. you know, and, and you're out there and you just have to be kind of scrappy with it. And so, yeah, it's, it's so fun. The job and life of an educator and someone that travels is so much fun but with all of that also comes a side that so many people don't see yeah and I think you do a really good job oh, at thank you at well, making it seem very good you know you gotta make it fun like one time the sheets didn't show up and so we literally had white sheets was the only thing we had and I looked at Crystal I'm like are we teaching in a morgue today like <laughs> oh my gosh. it literally looked like a morgue and we had to just be positive we're like yeah of course this is how it looks it looks so clean very clean very sterile sterile <laughs> So, Kelly, we have a couple more questions for you um, before we wrap up. And actually, Didi, I think you're going to ask these because I'm, speaking of flights, I will be actually headed to London right now. Yeah. But before I go, um, I I do just want everyone to know this side of you because I think this is really cool. So, 
you, like I said in the beginning, you are very intimidating when you first, when someone first meets you. You're beautiful, you're tall, like you're just absolutely stunning, and then you're smart. So when you walk into a training, what do you do to break the ice so that your students can feel like, not so intimidated by you, but they feel that respect, you know, like there's that balance. Yeah, I think it's hard, and it's kind of a weird thing to talk about because, you know, saying like, oh, people tell me I'm pretty or like tell me I'm intimidating, like it's kind of a weird thing to like announce to the world, but um, I am, like I'm almost 6'2", and you know, and so I get stopped all the time, and I get asked weird questions all the time, and I get... Like, are you a model? Yeah, I get, and also, are you, do you want to play basketball? (laughs) You know, and I'm like, you know, well... yeah, let's go shoot some hoops. Like, well, that career ended in fifth grade, and then people are like, why? I'm like, okay, this is, like, too much, like, (laughs) my life story. Um, But no, I mean, I think just some background, like, I'm the middle child of seven kids, and we were this giant... Me too! Yeah. This giant biracial family, and I was the middle, and people would always ask us if we were a basketball team, and so um, I've always just been a little bit more reserved, Um, and so for me, like, I literally am the most awkward person. I do weird things with my hands, Um, and so (laughs) breaking the ice, it's usually usually professing my love of Justin Bieber, which people think I'm joking and I'm not. Justin, if you're listening. (laughs) He's listening. Oh, he's listening? Justin, I've been to every concert. I loved you when it was not appropriate for me to love you. I know you're like a tiny... This is getting weird. It's getting so weird. Okay, Okay. back to your story. Back to my story. Oh my gosh. No, I think it's just hard. Like, people always say first impressions are so important. Honestly, I always ruin my first impression. Like, I always say something weird or, well, like... like, ruin equals make people fall in love with you. Well, I mean, I hope so. No, I think I just try to start class off. Like, I love lashing and I love what I do. And so I just want people to be excited and know that we've been through all of the challenges that they're going to go through. We've done that. We've, um, and we're just trying to like pave the way to make it a little bit easier. So when I'm with my students, I, I want them to get the information, but I also want to just make sure that they feel comfortable to talk about everything. And sometimes you do have to try like different things to get them to like open up to you. Um, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but, um, just trying to lighten the mood and I mean just know that we all are in the same spot we just all want to grow and and lash and love lashes and make money and live lash love live lash love um okay I have a question that's kind of a subject change okay I've heard you talk about this before okay and I thought it was really touching so it was um the first soiree everyone was talking about their why like why they do it they do yeah so why did you get into the beauty industry <laughs> okay and why do you, what is your why <laughs> I mean that was a couple years ago but um I do remember that moment and I like shocked myself because I got all emotional and right. I like 
don't get emotional in front of people. No, but I did. I shared an experience. I grew up in a dysfunctional home and I was raised being told that I didn't deserve to be beautiful. And you hear that so many times and it really, really impacts you. Um, I could get stopped all day and it's probably part of the reason why I'm so awkward is like <laughs> people tell me I'm beautiful and I'm all, who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, huh? Me? Oh, me? Um, but I always wanted to just kind of like melt into the crowd and I've never been that and I've accepted that now and I'm like, okay, like I'm pretty cute, but um, you are. <laughs> thank you. But no, I um, that really impacted my life and um, so being in the beauty industry, being able to um, make people feel beautiful, like really had a different meaning for me because I never felt that because um, I was always told that I didn't deserve it. Um, and so that was a huge part of my why and like really, really, like I really take those moments to heart when you can change someone's day or change moments in their lives just by something so simple as lashes um, as they're going through things. Um, literally, I have a client who's 15 and going through, she has cancer right now. Mm -hmm. And literally the fact that I was able to put lashes on her um, because she still has lashes for now. Um, but even if it's just a few weeks, um, her lashes are still okay. But like knowing that like the impact that, that has had on this 15 year old girl, like being able to have extensions on just to feel some sort of normalcy has been huge, yeah. um, for me. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I love that. Like, and my clients too, like I've gone through a lot in my life and that's a whole different podcast, but, um, I feel like being able to relate and be able to share and, and leave an appointment feeling uplifted and feeling beautiful like is such a huge thing for me because those moments where people have made me feel that way like I've I will never forget those moments so that's definitely a huge part of my why um, and the other part is for my four little BBs like the fact that lashing like lash extensions has you know provided me to be able to give my children a life that um, like it's a better life than I ever had, like the things that they need and activities and, um, yeah. and my schedule's flexible and, um, I never would have imagined that being on my own, that that's something that I would be able to do for them. So I'm forever grateful for lashes and the industry and, um, and all those things. So there's so many different facets of it. Um, but the beauty part of it, making people feel beautiful uh, my children and also like the friendships that I've I've made are a huge part of my why like I feel like I found my people you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like there's just an understanding and we all you know those strong women that work hard and hustle and have goals and drive and just the qualities of a lot of lash artists that I know are like I'm like uh, I want to be like them. Right. I want to. I want to be in that that group. <laughs> yeah, that's what people say about you. Oh, I think that's all so cool and empowering. With do you feel like being in the industry, it helped you embrace your beauty? Oh, for sure. 
I think being around people that look at you and admire what you're doing and understand what you're doing. Because um, our industry is kind of tricky. And so you meet lots of people and they're like, excuse me, what? Like you just like play with hair all day, you know? Yeah. But in our industry, it's phenomenal. And I know Kimber casually had to go to London. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you know her, like literally she will make anyone feel beautiful and she is one of the most beautiful people you'll ever meet like on the inside on the outside you're like okay um (laughs) but I definitely credit Borboletta and Kimber James that human to making me realize so many different things and the support and all of that that I have gotten um and my therapist shout out to my therapist (laughs) 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 Um, and my therapist too. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, I moved all over and I grew up all over the place and I am biracial and like, there's just so many things. And to really like figure out who you are and where you fit and where you belong. Um, because some people haven't found that yet. It's not easy always. It's not. It's a lot to figure out. (laughs) But no, like I know exactly where I where I'm at and where I where my strengths are and where I belong and where my weaknesses are and know where those are too but um wait what I don't have any just kidding (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah like it's a like deeds like it's a powerful thing to like really think about all that I know I'm so happy for you okay so after all that (laughs) Really quick, who is a girl crush? Who is somebody who's inspiring you right now? <laughs> okay, my... Guys. No please. shame? No judgment. No judgment? No. I, right now, it's probably Kris Jenner. Oh! I know. Explain. I mean, hey, she's a woman of how many successful children? She's successful, like... Yeah. You can't deny she's a powerhouse. She's a powerhouse, like... She has the craziest children, and she loves them unconditionally, and she works hard, and, you know, I don't think I'll ever be a momager, but she... Let's see what happens with this cheer thing. I know, maybe. (laughs) Um, So I know, like, not the typical answer, but to have that many children and to still do things for yourself and juggle it all... um, I really, really, really admire that about her because I'm kind of in a different space. Like, I know that so many people right now are just, like, having their first baby. And I love, like, watching all the tips and tricks on social media. Like, we didn't have that when I had my first one, okay? (laughs) So, um, so, I mean, I guess really any, any celebrity that is a mother that has multiple children that is juggling working and providing and taking care of them and um, juggling giving yourself the self-care and doing things that you love and then also being your children's biggest cheerleader. And so I think that's why I would say Kris Jenner because she is their biggest cheerleader. And I know they're all crazy and you love them or you hate them, but like that's the kind of uh, cheerleader I want to be. Yeah. For my kids, like... I respect that. Yeah, so... Not the most conventional choice, <laughs> no, but, like... you're crazy. 
Okay, next question. What is a must-have beauty product right now? A must-have beauty product. Um, I don't know about product, but yeah. I have been getting chemical peels lately okay. on my skin. Um, do you do like the really intense ones where you like peel? Yeah, and I, my skin, the texture has changed. Like, I love that so much. So I've been doing that and then doubling that with um, this tinted moisturizer sunscreen. Mm -hmm. It's about to be summertime. I'm probably gonna botch it, but I think it's Skin Medica. Sounds right. Yeah. Sure. If I'm totally wrong, please call Amara Day Spa <laughs> <laughs> in Lehigh. They will answer correctly for you because that's where I get it. The salon I work at. Shout out. Yeah, your beauty hub where you guys do hub. all these trades and everything. Everything. Um, but yeah, the chemical peels have been like my. Yeah, I've been wanting to try. Oh my gosh, my must. Have. Must have. Yeah. Okay. Last. Oh wait, there's actually two more. Okay. Second to last. What is a guilty pleasure you have? Okay. Not just a beaver, obviously. We've covered that. Oh yeah, that's not a guilty pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I know. These are terrible questions because I feel like I'm just gonna get judged so hard. Oh my god, no. Like I need to change my girl crush, but okay, it's fine. Um, my guilty pleasure is literally trash TV. You're not the only one who said that. No, like, I work all day, and if I'm not working, I have my kids, so, like, once 9 o'clock at night hits, like, my and brain doesn't work it anymore. It pairs well with your first answer, you know, put on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, yeah. and then you got Except I crushes. like trashier than that. What's trashier than that? I am, like, too embarrassed to say. <laughs> Anything on Wii TV. Like, the like, trashier, the better. Okay, there's a show called Love After Lockup, <laughs> and I am obsessed. I've heard of that. I've yeah. heard of it. So it's people that find people that are in prison yeah. and write them or email them or whatever, <laughs> and then they fall in love, and then they get out of prison, and it's just like literally watching the disaster of them oh. trying to have a normal relationship. Oh. <laughs> um, so that, and 90 Day Fiance on TLC, <laughs> like, I am obsessed, I've watched every season, I watch all the spinoffs, like, I am so dedicated to 90 Day Fiance. Um... That's amazing. So, yeah, like, that's what you can find me doing late at night. I just, I love it. I'm so into it. And everyone's like, what are you watching on Netflix? I'm all, nothing. What am I watching on Have TLC? Have you ever heard of WeTV? <laughs> Have you ever heard of WeTV? I love it. Okay, this is actually the last question. Okay. What is your definition of beauty? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I feel like it kind of always stays the same, but changes a little bit if I could use one word to describe it would be authentic I think you just have to be authentic in who you are um, how you express yourself how you treat other people just that authenticity is so important and I feel like when someone is who they are and real and genuine like nothing can be more um, beautiful than that I love that I agree Okay, thank you very much. Get to those curdles, to the tumbling. Wish them luck for us. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. You can join the conversation at Beauty underscore Barbaletta. You can find Kelly on Instagram at KellyRay underscore Barbaletta. Do you want to give your personal or no? Yeah, they can follow me in my shrine to my okay. kids. <laughs> yes, yeah, so um, what is your shrine to your kids? My shrine to my children is at Kelly Ray Robinson.
Okay, um, yes, and as always, if you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe so we know that you're liking it. And yeah, have a good week. Bye. Bye.